0: Welcome to Spot on Safety, the program designed for safety professionals. Spot on Safety is brought to you by iWorkWise, providing safety knowledge when you need it. For more information about iWorkWise, go to iWorkWise.com. Welcome to Spot on Safety, episode 23, Walking Surfaces, with your hosts, Amy Duz and Dan Smiley. Good morning, Amy. Hey, good morning, Dan. Today's OSHA topic is walking surfaces, and this is an interesting topic, I think, because unlike our last topic, which uh, was pretty general in how you complied with it, these rules are really prescriptive. OSHA goes out and says exactly uh, how high railings must be, how wide walking surfaces must be, how you go about guarding uh, entrances to a floor opening. So I think it's really important that our listeners understand exactly what is required to comply with these rules.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, this is one area where um, you can use common sense and, and rope things off, uh, and that could help. Prevent an accident, maybe, but it might not prevent an OSHA fine because if you're not familiar with how things need to be constructed, um, you're, you're going to fall short in this area. So, this is an area that people, I, I completely agree, that they should be really aware of the specific requirements um, and realize that they're there. For instance, if you want to build a ladder or you want to build a guardrail, People should look in this section of the OSHA rules um, on walking surfaces and you go by the book on building those things and another thing is that kind of creates a uh, a standard installation look weird you know it looks like it you see it everywhere else because those everywhere else they're following the OSHA rules too so yeah whenever building these kind of barriers um, or figuring out how to guard a floor open I couldn't agree with you more. People should actually look at the uh, line by line, blow by blow requirements that OSHA lays out.
0: And the the title of the podcast "Walking Services" might be a little deceptive in that you might people might think we're talking about you know what kind of non-skid is on the floor, and we're really talking about falling hazards, are we not?
1: Yeah, I, I, generally uh, we are. We were talking about stairs and how they should be constructed, ladders, how they should be constructed as far as fixed ladders go, um, stairway rails, uh, rails around hazards, the open side of platforms, um, so some of the rules are to prevent trips, but um, probably the majority of them are to prevent falls.
0: yeah I was looking at uh, some of the definitions as I was preparing for the podcast and was thinking back to the days when I sailed with Western Pioneer and on a number of the vessels that we had in the fleet they had uh, deck combings that were only about four inches high just enough to get a sealing a lip around the hatch cover that was put on and then and then dogged down and when that cover was off that was a significant hazard even on the vessels that had a solid 36-inch combing around the cargo hatches on the main deck, the hatches in the tween decks going from the the one upper to the one lower were completely flush so that when the hatch covers were on, you could drive forklifts over them and that kind of stuff. So, so there, there wasn't even a, a visual um, you know, line around that, and rigging barricades became super important and we didn't always do a good job of it
1: well i think if you want to this is one of those areas where if you want to really prevent accidents not just osha fines if if you're good at only a couple things this should be one of the areas i mean certainly there are many people who are disabled or even killed by falling you know 10 or 40 feet you know how you can go through lots of tween hatches dan you've seen it before and and uh that's a completely and uh they're significant, they're, they're serious, they're life-changing at the least, and um, it, it also, it, you know, so it just pays to uh, to put a lot of attention on this and do this part well. And kind of working against people on vessels is kind of the vessel designers in a lot of cases didn't really consider the requirements when constructing the vessel. Um, for instance, if you have a combing at least 24 inches high around deck hatches, um, then you're in compliance with OSHA and you don't have to do additional rails. But when you get the combing like you've just talked about and described, when it's four inches high, it's really just to trip you as you fall into your death. Um, So, you know, in instances where you can actually raise that combing and make it 24 inches high, you're um, doing all your people a favor because they don't have to be constantly on the alert to make sure their their rails are trimmed around those hatches and deal with it every time that hatch comes off um, or goes on. So... The vessel construction could really help a lot um, if it was done to OSHA requirements. But we have so many vessels out there where that isn't the case um, for whatever reason. And the uh, crews are, are really stuck with with a lot of police work uh, to make sure what they have uh, works and, and lines are taut and, and whatnot so people don't fall in those hatches. So an, another example would be offset entrances to ladders. A lot of times on a ship there's just um, a ladder opening going down to the next level, and it 's not offset, so vessel crews have to put chains across it every time they go on and off the ladder and it 's not that um, safe really to detach a chain so you can get to the next level as you 're hanging onto the ladder so the options are are much better if you can if you have the total luxury of handling it during the construction of the vessel um, but otherwise, it, it it does create a lot of work and a lot of thought and planning um, to make sure that uh, that it's easy to do.
0: Maybe we should talk about a couple of definitions before we move, uh, move along. Um, there are two, really. There are floor holes, and then there are floor openings. What is a floor hole?
1: Uh, a floor hole is, is smaller than a floor opening. It's something that would be an opening in the deck, that would be um, between 1 and 12 inches. Um, a floor opening is more than 12 inches in its least dimension. So um, when OSHA writes their regulations, they're talking about how to guard floor holes or floor openings, and that's what they're talking about. The holes are, are less than 12 inches and the openings are more than 12.
0: And what would be the, what would be a wall opening?
1: A wall opening, uh, oh, a great example of that is if you have a, a warehouse or something, Dan, I'm sure you've seen it where you have a garage door on the second story and uh, maybe a forklift puts things up there to get them into the warehouse. That would certainly be a wall opening in the second story wall that um, obviously could uh, people have walked out and, and hurt themselves seriously or killed themselves. Um, when when those weren't guarded and and really it's, it's pretty hard to guard them when you're trying to get loads in and out of that space
0: yeah that's the problem that we always had to grapple with working cargo on vessels is that if you put big railings all the way around temporary railings it often got in the way of the work that you were trying to do and kind of defeated the purpose of what the vessel was was doing so it became quite a challenge to be able to do that. Now there is there is an option, right? As long as that that hatch is permanently manned with someone. Um it's the the railing requirement is relaxed, is that not the case?
1: Um there are some provisions um that are vessel specific, not really general industry, but um there are some provisions where you can have the rail down on the deck um that is in the direction the cargo is going back and forth as long as no one's around there. Um, and only one out of the three sides is down, um, and then it gets put up immediately as soon as cargo isn't being worked anymore. And there is a provision where if you don't have the hatch cover on and you don't have rails around it, you can have someone there constantly attending it uh, to warn people not to fall in the in the hole.
0: So as we go down the the different scenarios, what would be the requirements for guarding for floor and wall openings?
1: Uh-huh generally you you have just two choices you put a cover over it that's strong enough you could walk across and doesn't get dislodged from kicking it around and, and stuff or um, you put standard guard rails around it and a standard guard rail is generally 36 to 42 inches high to the top rail and it also has an intermediate rail and that rail is approximately halfway in between um, the the floor or deck and the top rail. So normally, if your if your top rail was 42, your mid rail would have to be at 21, um, or if your top rail was 36, your mid rail would be at 18. So, when I, a lot of times you see that pretty good job of guarding the top part, but they forget about the mid rail, and that's a big opening. So let's say you were to trip on something near that hatch, it obviously would be pretty easy to fall between. Uh, that forty two inch top rail in the deck um, so those are your cover or, uh, or put a railing up
0: What about the height requirement is there is there a, a height below which these requirements don't apply
1: Well for floor holes that's a smaller one again um, you if someone can accidentally walk in it, um, it needs to be covered or guarded. But when you have um, floor openings or uh, open side of platforms, perhaps uh, the, the rules kick in if the drop is four feet or more. So that's when you would need um, either to definitely get it covered or on the edge of a platform. You can't do that. So your only real choice is to put in a railing.
0: I see the term tow boards used in a number of places throughout the regulations. Do you have a definition for a tow board and when they're required?
1: Uh, a toe board is generally used, it's it's a vertical piece, it's often, and let's say if it's made out of a steel flat bar, maybe it would be a quarter inch thick by four inches tall, and that flat bar would be on end at the edge of decks, um, and what that does is it prevents um, your foot from sliding over the edge, uh, so you have this lip basically at the bottom of your railing. Um, and another other thing it prevents is tools. If you have a tool sitting on the platform or on the edge of the deck, it prevents you um, from kicking that or dropping it onto someone's head below, perhaps. So um, a standard rail, um, we talked about the top rail being four inches, and um, having a mid-rail um, should also have a, a tow board uh, to prevent those objects um, from being uh, kicked over the edge and to... Uh, to provide basically a little bit more of a barrier. So it's part of a standard railing assembly.
0: Okay. So we've seen that the height requirement, the tow board requirement. Is there a load requirement for these railings?
1: Yeah, the railing is not even too onerous. Um they have to be capable of withstanding a load of at least at least two hundred pounds applied in any direction but up on the top rail. So if you think about two hundred pounds, obviously most crab line or, or any kind of rope, sane twine even would be have a 200-pound breaking strength. Um, so it just has to be substantial enough to kind of, I guess a person could lean on it um, and not, not fall in. Also, it's generally um, accepted. It's not exactly in the OSHA regulations, but kind of the rule of thumb with uh, if you're using soft lines for rail, rails that uh, you shouldn't have more than six inches of sag in it. So you have to maintain them pretty taut. Um, so that you d- can't deflect them more than six inches. So that way, if you fall into it, it doesn't completely sag and you go tumbling over.
0: Well, we're talking about load bearing. What about grab handles where you have openings in the walls?
1: Um, basically, if you're um, where grab handles are needed is if you're going to go through an opening. Let's say you're you're uh, stepping off an upper deck and onto a fixed ladder. If your ladder doesn't extend three feet above the surface where you can just walk through and use those side rails to hang on to, um, you should have a grab grab handle, basically, to make your um, entrance and exit from that ladder safe. So grab handles are usually um, at least 12 inches long, and they give at least three inches of clearance behind them so that you can wrap on that grab handle. Um, it has to be, you know, anchored sufficiently um, to be strong enough, so if you do grab it, obviously it's not going to come off the wall with, and you fall down along with it. So, just it has to be strong enough, about 12 inches long, about three inches away from the wall, and installed wherever, um, wherever you need it to help your your uh, exit and entrance on and off that ladder.
0: And yeah, we've installed them in places where we routinely mount Jacobs ladders for people coming on board the vessel from another vessel alongside. Uh, it seemed like that was the the only way to really accomplish what we needed to do was to install grab handles.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, in everyone's career, you get enough experience, not just on vessels, but in shore facilities where um, you are faced with getting on and off a ladder where you really wish there was a grab handle, um, and there isn't. So that's a good sign. Uh, if You know, you should climb all the ladders in your facility if you're responsible for this kind of thing and make sure getting on and off is easy.
0: Here's a topic that I've spent a lot of time dealing with because we have ships and barges all over the country that we need to get on and off, and that's gangways and dealing with means of of accessing the vessel. Can you talk about OSHA's position on those kinds of things?
1: Yeah, OSHA allows um, just a few ways to board a vessel or disembark a vessel, and that's um, you have a Jacob's Ladder that's properly trimmed, you have a straight ladder that's used in the straight position. You can't use it horizontally because it wasn't constructed for that. But if you have a surface, one surface that's lower and one that's higher, you can use a straight ladder. In both of those installations, you often see a cargo net under them. So if someone were to fall off, you'd have a second chance. Um, and then the the final way is to have a gangway. And the gangway also has to have a proper, properly trimmed top rail in a mid rail, uh, many of them don 't their the walking surface should be non slip uh, they shouldn 't be used where the angle is so severe that it, you lose your shoes basically as you 're walking up and down it, or um, the angle makes it dangerous uh, and it has to be basically guarded at that transition point where it goes onto your vessel so that there isn 't a gap where somebody could fall through between the vessel rails and where the vessel rails end and the gangway starts. So obviously as the vessel rises and falls with the tide, um, those little transition lines that are usually used to guard that transition point on a gangway have to be trimmed um, accordingly maintained. um, So there's a little bit of work once you get a gangway in place, making sure that top transition point stays safe. Um, But the the big thing is is a vessel has to have one, basically. If you're tied up to a dock, you have to have a safe means of getting on and off. Um, gangway is probably accepted as one of the safest ways. Um, so, having a gangway and then making sure it's, it's proper and easy to use and get on and off the vessel and and uh, and has good rails is is really the first step for a lot of
0: vessels. Yeah, the other struggle that we've been having is you know, getting people on and off when when we're out at sea. And you know, some of our barges have um, ladderways cut into the skin of the barge. They've got—I um, forget what you call them—but they're you know they're are cut out ladderways. Does OSHA accept that as a means of of boarding or not? I don't,
1: yeah, they, they I don't, do that. They're not specifically listed in the OSHA reg, but I've never seen it challenged if there was a fixed ladder provided for boarding the vessel. I've never seen OSHA challenge that.
0: I think we've covered a lot of the topic. Is there there anything else you want to add in closing?
1: Yeah, um, there is. You know, so often with OSHA, it's it's actually one of my pet peeves about them in some ways, is that um, there are a couple strange provisions sometimes where you for and this is is one of them we talked about the three ways that are acceptable to osha for getting on and off the vessel and those are listed both in the shipyard standards 1915 and in the longshoring standards 1918 um, but there is a, a, a agreement a memorandum out here in region 10 um, that allows uh, allows a vessel to use what's called a billy pew or a man basket for people to board uh, vessels or to transfer from one vessel to another. So we'll see in the regulation that they don't, you know, they give us those three options and no other. But there is an agreement with the industry um, in Washington and Alaska, at least, and I would imagine probably in the Gulf of Mexico, although I don't know for sure, where you can use these man baskets. And when you use the baskets or the billy pews, um, there are, a set list in this letter of agreement of things you have to do. Um, People have to be wearing flotation when they're in the basket. You can't have a bunch of tools or luggage or mail in the basket with people, not an excess of it. You have to make a dry run with the basket to make sure your crane path is clear before you actually put people in it. You have to do a two-minute orientation um, before people ride it to tell them what they need to know to safely ride it. Um, you know, and whenever you're lifting people with a crane, you have to have an anti-two-block device installed so that the crane operator, maybe he's concentrating on the people in the basket and he he could um, suck up the ball of the crane and shear off the wire um, and drop everybody. So, the anti-two-block is a little device that One part hooks on, it's kind of a proximity switch, and one part hooks on the crane ball and one on the tip of the crane. So when they come together, it shuts off the hydraulics so you don't uh, drop that basket. So there's a whole bunch of rules about billy pews and man baskets that you won't find in the OSHA rules. Um, But uh, we actually worked out uh, that agreement maybe 10 years ago with the Alaska fleets um, because uh, I don't know how many of our listeners have tried to board a a vessel in the Bering Sea, you know, from another vessel and tried to do it on a Jacob's Ladder. And although it's allowed by OSHA, um, we made a pretty convincing case that these man baskets hoisted by the crane are, are much safer. And I think when OSHA went out to do some inspections, uh, they changed their mind and wholeheartedly agreed. Um, but the regulations didn't catch up. So that's um, one of those things where if you're not in the know, you don't know. And uh, and you won't find that in the regs. So I guess that's the last thing I wanted to add is is uh, there is some of that, and uh, there might be good good options for using a man basket um, for situations where um, any of the three other ways OSHA says you can use, any of those ways um, don't work that well. So it might be a good option for some folks.
0: Well, great. Well, thank as always, Amy, I really appreciate you taking your time to help me and our listeners get to some of these issues. Um, until next time.
1: All right. Thanks, Dan.
0: Thank you for joining us for another episode of Spot on Safety. If you would like to ask a question or leave a comment, you can email us. The address is spotonsafety at iworkwise.com.